When Thena told me we have a case from Canada, I was shocked. Canada? I thought everyone in Canada was nice. Just sitting around, watching moosin, hanging out while eating syrup and poutine. Watching hockey, you know? Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Apparently, Canada is not as perfect as we were led to believe. still two wooden crosses here at the side of the Trans-Canada Highway west of Winnipeg. One is dressed in Timothy McLean's North American Midway staff uniform and has a pair of his shiny sunglasses attached to it. An inscription scratched on the other reads, I think of you always, son. Love, Dad. This is where Greyhound Bus 1170 came to a stop 10 years ago after Vince Lee violently and viciously attacked his seatmate. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Thena. And I'm Kylie. Who's your favorite Canadian? Morbid. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't. She's not talking about Morbid the podcasters, by the way. We're aware they're American. No. She's talking about Morbid the gamer from Twitch. Morbid X Mouse, I think, if you want to go follow her. Um, I don't. Can you tell me some Canadians? <laughs> Justin Bieber, Avril, Avril Lavigne. Um, oh, well, Avril Lavigne. Uh, Nickelback. If she's actually Avril Lavigne, you know, because that's a conspiracy. Mine's Lightsbox Lightner, a.k.a. Lightsboken, Bo Boken's wife. Oh. Um, I like hockey. Do you like hockey? Yes, I do. Yeah, I like hockey. I what? Remember- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Twice, two for two. <laughs> hey, we're hey. doing good tonight, eh? <laughs> Oh, gosh. What were you going to say? Well, I was actually going to change the subject completely because I'm interested, but I also want to tell you about my my most recent um, discovery. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite um, ice cream flavor? Blue Moon. Hands down. Hands down, Blue Moon. Okay. What is your favorite combination? Blue so- Moon and coffee. Whoa. What? <laughs> Well, it's just like almond, almond, like vanilla almond and coffee. So I guess that doesn't really clash. No, but I mean like, like sprinkles. No, I don't like sprinkles. I don't like syrups. I don't like anything else. You just like ice cream, plain Joe naked. Yep. Unless it's like a Ben and Jerry's flavor. That's the only way I want shit with my ice cream. Okay. So I grew up eating vanilla ice cream with melted peanut butter on top. Mm -hmm. And... I have always loved that since I could remember. And recently, um, as most of you know, I found out that I have nine food sensitivities and one of them is um, like cow dairy, like the protein in cow dairy and peanuts. So I couldn't have like my favorite dessert of all time. You know, when I'm just like sitting around the house, like right after dinner type of type of dessert. So I finally found what is equivalent to something that I can eat. Ben and Jerry's makes a peanut butter vanilla ice cream that's vegan. But it's not peanut free. Oh, okay. Uh, They have an almond version, though, so I think it might. Okay, continue. Oh, well, I'll have to try that. I'm not sure. Don't trust me. Okay. Um, So vanilla oatly ice cream. With what is called wow butter, which is toasted soy nuts, 
So it's like toasted soy peanut butter and it tastes like peanut butter. And it is equivalent to what I was like craving for years. And I'm so excited. Like, I'm really excited to be done recording so I can go eat quote unquote vanilla ice cream with peanut butter on top. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I was going to say about hockey players. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I had a really funny TikTok last week mm-hmm. about hockey players mm-hmm. because I was at the gym at 5 a.m. watching my hockey like I do. I, I alternate between watching sports and like watching cooking shows while listening to my music. I feel like watching cooking cooking shows is like counterproductive. <laughs> it's really not because I'm not hungry enough yet at that hour. You know what I mean? Like I'm still too like just focusing on waking up. But like at nighttime when it's on at the gym at like 5 p.m. I'm like, God fucking you fu- go I'm fuck hungry. yourself, Guy Fieri. <laughs> right. You motherfucker. <laughs> um, no, but like in the morning, it doesn't really bother me. Although lately I, I finally finally. Yeah, I'm aware it's 2023 and it came out in 2007 i got into gossip girl finally um i, I have no i haven't watched it i know how it ends marge already told me the whole fucking okay well that's not very nice anyways she didn't mean to oh so anyways um so i watch that sometimes while i'm not ready but before that i was watching my sports you know and the other morning i was texting margie and i was like margie hockey's on and she's like yeah i was like i love me some hockey and she's like <laughs> yeah i know you do i was like no like <laughs> love me some hockey <laughs> and she's just like yeah okay bro I was like cool tight <laughs> that's cool and I was like no yeah hockey players that we got a lot in common though and she's like um what do you what do you guys uh got in common and I was like oh you know we both really like getting smacked around while trying to score <laughs> it's it's like a thing and she's oh, like what? oh my god <laughs> She's like, go to church. I had no idea where you were going with that. Like, I was like, it's it's gonna be raunchy, but I don't know where it's going. No, yeah, it was all the way there. It was all the it way was there. All the way there. <laughs> and then she's like, so we're done talking about sports this week. Uh, maybe next week we'll try again. You don't like the the idioms that that come with sports? I think I'm so good at it. I'm good at talking about stuff. <laughs> about stuff. Well, that's why we're here. <laughs> all the stuffs. Um, yeah, so there's my joke of the week. Congratulations, everyone. You can use it if you'd like. <laughs> um, the shit I say sometimes. And OK, so I have this this person that I call every day, pretty much. That is a vendor from another company. And I tell him all my fucking off the wall thoughts, <laughs> no matter what they are, does not matter. And I called and at 8 a.m. I told him how I had that thought at 5 a.m. And he's just like, <sighs> Okay, Athena. <laughs> okay. Hey, like, at least you keep it interesting and it's not just boring. Like, hey, I need this. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm Bye. like, I'm like, hey, so can I get some uh, metal to build a, a steel ramp um, for Notre Dame? By the way, I want to get smacked around before trying to score like a goddamn hockey player. And he's like, okay. Okay. All righty then. Uh, Sweet. Anything else? <laughs> like, no, I'm thinking about Taco Bell for lunch. What about you? And he's like... You know, bro, I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> it's too early. Yeah. My so. boss has started our morning huddles with how is everyone feeling? Ugh. And or like, how's everyone doing? And recently I just have like normally I would just be like the fake like good, you know, but now I've been more like it's too early to know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that every time and I just like I wish it was something else that would like 
spark my brain a little bit more than how are you? <laughs> I guess today also at work, weirdly enough, uh, the receptionist told everyone I wasn't there all day, like even my fellow coworkers. But then at one point I went to like answer the phone and I answered the phone and, you know, I don't answer the phone saying, hi, this is where I work. How can I help you? I just say, hi, what do you want? <laughs> um as i always do and i always get told is well, very not, unprofessional well you're not a re- receptionist no yeah so i know who's calling if they're calling like right. i can see the caller id like, so anyways right. so i answered the phone like that and they were like that's crazy this person sounds like athena and i was like i am it is athena <laughs> <laughs> and i'm pretty sure they were like but you're not me. there today i'm like uh yes no, I am. But I, i'm right i'm right here bro <laughs> like i'm on the phone i don't know what you want from me he's like are you, are you, are you actually at work i'm like no i'm just answering the phones yeah. at work so wow so you're cool. a ghost today yeah ghosting out i was like danny phantom up in that bitch because <laughs> he's a ghost <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure our demographic knows who Danny Phantom is. So I, I think I think you're safe. I hope. I really hope. <laughs> if not, we got more to talk about than just cannibalism today. Y- yay! <laughs> so today's case does feature some cannibalism, and like, I get it. Some people are like, "Fuck no, that's where I draw the line." Mm-mm, can't do it. Which I get it. Yeah, but like. If you can handle it, welcome to the episode. <laughs> We're going to keep talking. If you can't, though, we get it. We understand. And we'll see you at the next one. Pussy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're still our friend. You're cool. You're fine. You're fine. Stop. Stop. You're fine. Don't don't be upset. All right. We're going to do it today. We're going to talk about it. We haven't really talked that much about cannibalism in the past or ever. ever? <laughs> Have we? Wait. Have we? Nah, we've had to. Nah, nah. Wait, have we? Now I have to know. I don't think. For some reason, I feel like we've talked about it in maybe one episode tops, but that's like. Or maybe it's like it was implied, but it wasn't like the main feature. Implied cannibalism, my favorite type. Implied cannibalism. All right. Gainesville, no. Cassie, no. Scary movie, Exorcist. Skinwalker, cryptic swoop, and a black tender killer, Winchester House, Black Dark Children, God, Lobotomy, Brittany Jackson, Michael, Alec, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Jersey Devil, Canadian, Jingen, Mandela, Jody Arias, Bernie Hill, did Belle Gunness eat her victims? She didn't. Not. Oh, Michael Taylor. Didn't he like eat his wife's face in the end? Oh, yeah, but he was like... Or he ate the dog. I can't remember what. Oh. Something happened. Uh, See, that's what I mean, though. It was like implied cannibalism. It wasn't like... But for sure, we are not positive on what happened. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Damn. first cannibalism. Damn, we should have done our This is like 79. Yeah. This is like the 79th I think it's because I was going to wait for Armin Muse, the really polite cannibal, to be our first cannibal episode, and then I forgot. (laughs) Well... Here's your reminder. <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. Hmm. Well, tonight we got a different guy. So this story takes place in July of 2008 when Tim McLean, um, some people say Tim McLean, some people say Tim McLean. McLean. That's what I would say. McLean. M- McLean is the easiest to say. 
but I get how some people could do McLean because of the k, like lean. I get it. Um, he was a young man who was living his life. He was heading home after working for the summer where he was violently murdered on a Greyhound bus in Canada by a fellow passenger. This story is super unjust. It's super sad. And you are going to be prepared to be really upset because there is nothing good in the end. Yay! It's my favorite kind. So we're going to start off by talking about who Tim is. Timothy Richard, uh, also called Tim, McLean Jr. He was a junior. His dad was also a Tim McLean. He was born on October 3rd. (laughs) And October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. (laughs) But more importantly, October 3rd is Full Metal Alchemist Day. Is it more important? Yes. Oh, I'm not. I don't really like Mean Girls. Okay, no. Everyone hates Mean Girls, but everyone can quote it. Yeah, nah. It's like literally probably one of the top ten worst movies made in the history of movies. Yeah, no, it's not great, but that's what everybody watched, and so yeah. everybody could quote it. Yeah. I don't know why. If we're talking about like girl hater movies where girls are bitches, Jawbreaker is where it's at. That's a good film. Yeah, I've seen that. It's free on Tubi. Go watch it, everyone. Okay. So October 3rd, 1985. He is a Libra. And that is Gwen Stefani's birthday. And that is National Butterfly and Hummingbird Day. Huh. Um, He was born in Winnipeg of Manitoba, which is part of Canada. I can't not think of Manitoba as like the TikTok sound, you know? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Where he's like, I was asking myself how someone like this could be real. And then I realized she's from Manitoba. Oh, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, so I just keep wanting to say it like Manitoba. Manitoba. As he says it really enunciated. The area Tim grew up in was a rural farming community. Tim was said to be a big people person. He was always able to strike up a conversation with a stranger, put a smile on anyone's face like, you know, one of those people where when he walks in the room, he's the light of the room. He's great at talking to people. He's just so happy, so friendly. The the story that everyone has, you know, like the brightest lights shine half as the long. brightest. <laughs> I thought it was half as long or something or like the brightest. Uh, the candle that burns twice as hard burns half as long. Hmm. I'm like I'm doing the thing. I'm mixing yeah, two. Yeah, you are. Um, What is it? Well, he was a bright light that didn't. His batteries died fast. <laughs> a bright frat flashlight that didn't have long, durable batteries. I think that's the saying. They didn't have Duracell. Correct. <laughs> I'm making my own sayings nowadays. The bunny, the bunny stopped. Oh my god, <laughs> that's Duracell, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Energizer. Oh, Energizer shit. Bunny. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Duracell's just a uh, golden brown and looks like a, a yeah. little like but they sell brown. those at Costco so that's what I that's mm. what I have. Tim wanted to grow up and explore and like travel more because he wanted to expand his life from just being like this small farm town kid and like being a small farm town person, you know what I mean? So Tim was approached by one of his best friends named Tiffany one day and she was like, "What are you doing?" and he's like, "Nothing." And she's like, "Do you have summer plans?" and he's like, "No." And she's like, "Great." I made us some. So pack a bag. Uh, You're going to join me this summer. We're going to work for a traveling carnival. And originally it was supposed to be for one week. They only got scheduled to work one week. And she's like, we're going to try and make it longer. Like, we're going to do this. This is the summer goal. So the summer goal is to work as a carny. That's fucking great. I mean. I think I would enjoy that, honestly. Yes. But um, like, that's 
like why is that the goal i guess i mean why wouldn't it be like going to the beach you get to travel you get to meet tons of people you get to ride the rides when the day's done you get to eat the greatest junk food ever and it's really like a family atmosphere yeah okay okay i can I can agree to those. And also, terms. like, you have people like me that did do that, and I hate beaches and stuff. So to me, that was better. Yeah. I got to, like, do cool shit. I only like, like, one or two beach days, but I, like, I used to live at the beach, but now I'm just like, mm, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when they started, they were going to be working for the Western Canada Carnival Circuit. They started working that first week, and they both hoped that they could, like, do it for the rest of the summer. And literally, it was everything to Tim. Tim was made for being a carny life person. He really fast, like, worked his way up the carny ropes and became a carnival barker, um, which is, you know, the people that are like, hey, yo, come play this game. You look like a strong guy when you go for a prize. Oh, no, I don't like those people. <laughs> it's because Tim was so good at, like, drawing in crowds and he was just so such a people person and such a crowd pleaser So he was super charismatic, kind, funny, and so great at talking to people that they wanted him for this job. So by 2008, Tim was now working each summer at this point as a carnival worker and a carnival barker. He loved his job. He loved his coworkers. He literally said they were his second family. They were so close. They would like hang out after each event. They hung out on the weekends like they literally were like a family. They told each other everything. They spent all their time together. You're living in those close quarters with these people. So literally, he said it was like the best kind of family. On July 30th, 2008, 22-year-old Tim McLean was returning home to Winnipeg. He had just gotten done working a carnival circuit that ended near Edmonton of Alberta. So Tim wanted to come home and tell his family about his most recent carnival stint because something special happened. He finally, like being 22, he decided he was getting a little bit older, you know, and he went that summer all around and he ended up visiting the British Columbia area and he fell in fucking love with that area. He he said it was like everything to him. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It's where like his dreams were. And he said that he's going to move there and start the next chapter of his life. And that's like what he's doing. So he's coming home to tell his parents that. Now, Tim was going to be returning home on a Greyhound bus, and that was super, super common for Tim. Like, he loved taking Greyhounds because he liked that they were cheap, how easy it was to travel back and forth, that he could just, like, zone out. He'd put on his headphones, he would take a seat, and he would just, you know, show up at home then. He said it was, like, the ideal way to travel. Interesting. Do you you like Greyhounds? (laughs) Because I don't. Uh, I don't really mind either way. I'm more of a plane person than a bus person. Very much a plane person. Um, But that's also just because I usually am traveling last minute type things. Like I would take a bus anywhere or like a train. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, usually when I am vacationing, I'm like, I have five days. So if I take a train, it's going to take me or a bus. It's going to take me one full day to travel and then one full day to come back that's already two out of my five days yep i'd rather take a plane be there yeah i'd rather pay out of the ass for the convenience of getting there versus being cheap and getting there like two days later but i will say if i was overseas like in europe or somewhere oh yeah no i I would definitely either way well i wouldn't take a bus i would take a train 
Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think I would still take a bus if I had to, especially in London. I would actually love, I would prefer oh, a double decker bus. Yeah. Okay. We're not, we weren't talking about that, but <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, I'm just saying it like depends on the vibes, I guess yeah. for me for buses. Yeah. But overall, I don't, I don't mind buses either way. Um, but I would just say out of what I've done, mostly, I would say I'm a plain person, but mm-hmm. again, it's mostly just because I have time limits. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time to sit on a bus for, but I don't even know. fucking hours. hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or honestly, I would rather drive than take a bus still. Also, that's like yes. another thing. Yeah. Because I would rather be in control. It's not even that. It's just once I get there, I still want my car. Oh, yeah. That's I'm a thing too, too anxious as a person. Like I want to be able. That's another reason I don't like planes. I would rather if you tell me that I could fly there, but I'm not going to have my car all five days or I could drive there and I'll have an extra day off. I'm like, fuck it. I'll drive 17 hours. I'll do it. You're insane. <laughs> Cause like that's it. I have my car then like I've, I've numerous times made 13 hour drives just so that I have my car. Cause my mm. best friend lives 13 hours away. So I'm, I'm going to drive. Yeah. And I've done that drive and it is not fun. <laughs> that is the worst drive or like, if I go to a concert, I'm usually going to a concert that's anywhere from like three to five hours away. Mm-hmm. That's like my my go to. My favorite concert venues are all about five hours away. I'll rather do that than anything else. And it's it's just it's a vibe. I like I like the drive. I like it if I can stay there. But if I have to like drive home and I'm exhausted, I hate that part. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't like this. But if I can do like a road trip, stay there and come back the next day. Yes. Felt. I'm good. Felt. Yeah. 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 So Tim, Tim was a greyhounder. I don't know if that's the term, but he's, he's a, he's a busser. He's a bus boy. Oh, nope. That's not the word. <laughs> oh, nope. <laughs> nope. No, no, no. <laughs> that gave a different implication. Well, Tim ended up boarding the Greyhound bus 1170 and he boarded via the Yellowhead Highway through, I, I know this word and I'm still going to fuck it up. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Fuck. I listened to it so many times today and I knew I was still going to fuck it up. You're emphasizing in the wrong area. Saskatchewan. 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 I don't think I can say it now. Fuck. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. So like, like you were emphasizing. Well, and I listened to it so many times. I was like, I should just put it next to it. But even when I spelled it out, I was like, well, I'm still fucking it up when I spelled it. So I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll just bite the bullet and fuck this one up. Why not? Saskatchewan. So the bus had well, the have on it. Oh, it tell me. on it. I sound like Mater <laughs> without the tuh. So the bus had thirty eight passengers on it. It wasn't super full, but it definitely had quite a quite a bit of people on it. Tim decided to walk all the way through the bus and take a seat near the back. Normally, that's just because, you know, it's like in the back, he's out of the way. He can just put his headphones on, zone out, relax. Like I said, take a nap, do whatever. So Tim walked to the back. He sat one row ahead of the toilet area in the back of the bus. There was like uh, there was that row behind him. And I think it had like a mother and her child in it. And then there were people like across from him in that like area, too. So there, there's people around him. Around 6.55 p.m., the bus departed as its normal scheduled stop from Erickson, Manitoba, and it had a new passenger on it. So as as buses do, you know, they make 
stop so that people can get on and off Mm -hmm. as buses do. Mm -hmm. Well, when they stopped, they picked up a new person. No one got off, but a new person did get on. So let's talk about that person. That is Vince Weigong Lee. Um, So uh, his name is Vincent. People just call him Vince. He was born in Dandog Liang of China. God, I fucked that up really bad. Oh. Lying. Liaoning. 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 That sounds super Chinese, Liaoning. right? Liaoning. Okay. Liaoning. He was born April 30th, 1968. He's a Taurus. He's born on the same day as Kirsten Dunst. And that is International Jazz Day. Hmm. He... In 1992, graduated from the Wuhan Institute of Technology with a bachelor's degree in computing and computer sciences. And then he used that degree to be a computer engineer for a few years. Vince ended up immigrating to Canada on June 11th, 2001, and then became a full-fledged Canadian citizen on November 7th, 2006. Before the event, Vince had held quite a few small jobs. He worked at like a McDonald's. He worked for a local church. He was a forklift driver, newspaper delivery driver, and like other random things. Uh, His wife was a waitress during a lot of this, and they were both kind of just like working paycheck to paycheck to keep afloat. While working, though, specifically like at the church, the pastor that Vince worked for said that he never saw an angry side to Vince and he was a really hard worker and he was generally like really happy dude. The only time he ever said Vince seemed like annoyed or unhappy at work was when he had to deal with language barriers, which did sometimes arise. And like, that's the only time he seemed upset, though, which makes sense. Yeah, that's understandable. 100%. Now, Vince was married, like I said, to a woman named Anna. And at the time of the event, Vince was working at a Walmart. However, four weeks before this incident, Vince was fired from the Walmart because he supposedly had a disagreement with other employees. There's like different things talking about how he still worked for the post office and he asked for some time off to go to a different job interview in Winnipeg. But I can't figure out if that's true or not. So there's that. Okay. Now, the day before that he got on the bus... He gets on a different bus, July 29th, 2008, to start his own Greyhound journey, right? But around 12.05, he gets off at the Edmonton area, and then he is later going to get on a different bus to Winnipeg, okay? I I know that sounds messy. I'll explain it better in a second. Okay. So he gets on the first bus, and he gets off at Edmonton, and he sits down Till about 6 p.m. in Erickson, Manitoba, with three pieces of luggage that he got off this original bus with. Okay. He then stays the night on that bench that he got off and sat on. It was next to a like a grocery store gas station area. And what he does on that bench is kind of odd, which we'll talk about later. Put a pin in it. Okie dokie. So at this point, we have bus 1170 that has Tim McLean on it. Okay. Headed to Winnipeg. Okay. Now we have bus some other number that Vince got on to head to Winnipeg. These two buses are not the same bus, right? But Vince gets off on one of the regular scheduled stops and then sits for 24 hours almost at a bus stop. And then when 1170 pulls up, which is the next scheduled bus, he's like, well, it's going to Winnipeg. I'll just get on that bus. Does that make sense now? Mm hmm. So now Tim and Vince end up being on the same bound, gray bound, uh, Greyhound bound bus to Winnipeg. That's how that worked out. 
it was really messy to try to like explain that without sitting here and like baby bird explaining it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now Vince was described as a tall man in his forties. He had a shaved head and he wore sunglasses, including inside. He's one of those. He had originally taken a seat near the front of the bus. And a few people said that Vince seemed really like annoyed and agitated, like super on edge. But after the bus had been going a while, he seemed to really calm down. And like, he was like stabilizing, like he was getting over whatever was bothering him. Yeah. Now they stop to have another rest break at another stop. And Vince gets off and he smokes a cigarette and he takes his bag with him when he does this. He only has like one of his bags with him at this point. And when he returned, he kept his bag on him, like carrying it. And he ended up moving on the bus. He no longer stays at the front of the bus. He now goes to the back of the bus. According later, when people ask Vince why he picked to sit next to Tim, because he ends up like walking all the way to the back of the bus and sits next to Tim. He tells in court to the psychiatrist that he picked to sit there because when he was walking down those aisles, he was looking at everyone. But when he got to Tim, Tim kind of did the like, bro nod wave being like hey you know and like he like in a sense like offered him to sit next to him because there was an empty spot and he acknowledged him and so that was like that was him acknowledging me to sit next to him like it was okay Mm -hmm. to sit next to me type of deal now i had told you that tim was mostly just sleeping with his head resting on the window with his headphones on so there's this empty seat next to him vince pulls up to this empty seat sits down and tim just goes about doing that And Vince is like, okay, cool. You do you. I do me. Cool. Now, as this is happening, Tim is like drifting back off to sleep, hoping that the next time he wakes up, he will be stopped at home and he will be ready to go visit his family. Right. But this time when Vince had gotten on the bus after that, like rest, Vince was back to being like really agitated and upset. And like, you have to think like, (sighs) this is kind of presumptuous, but I, 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 I smoked cigarettes for a little bit and I don't anymore. Um, but when I was agitated, I would smoke the cigarettes and they would de-agitate me. That was like the fix in a sense. Right. So he was agitated, calmed down on his own, went and smoked a cigarette and now he's agitated again. So you would think maybe something's wrong here Mm -hmm. because that should have been the, the calmer, but it didn't. So something's off. When... People's kind of noticed that specific, specifically like the person across from Tim noticed his name was Stephen Allison and he was a student returning to school on the bus with his wife, Isabella. And they were just, you know, headed back to Winnipeg to go back to school. Stephen and Isabella were sitting across from Tim. And Stephen instantly was like, hmm, I get a bad vibe. Like the moment then sat down, I had a bad feeling something's off about like how he was acting Uh, he couldn't quite put his finger on it, but like even the mannerisms and like he was holding things, he was clutching like things. He was just being weird. And like Steven didn't, didn't get the right feeling, you know, and you got to trust those guys. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to trust that. Especially on like a bus or something like. Just a bunch surrounded by a bunch of strangers. Yeah. 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 After a while, the bus continued along and it got really dark outside. So the 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 bus turned on like the movies in the aisle like they do. And I want to say they were playing Zorro, if I remember correctly. But so they turned on all the movies and Vince was sitting there still with his sunglasses on, even though it's super dark at this point. And Stephen was like, 
bro, something is weird. Something's weird. And then he notices Vince starts pulling something out of his bag and it's a huge, large knife. Okay. Steven can't even react. Like his first instinct was to think like, oh God, he's going to kill me. No, Vince just turns to his side and instantly starts stabbing Tim in the neck and chest repeatedly. Just like repeatedly. Okay. Well, there are other onlookers that later spoke out. There's a person named Garnet Canton. He was a 26-year-old seismic driller who was sitting one row ahead of him. And he dis- uh, he described it as then hearing a blood-curdling scream. He said, I turned around and the guy sitting right behind me was standing up and stabbing another guy with a big Rambo knife right in the throat repeatedly. Garnett then said Vince seemed to have the most calm demeanor during the attack, saying there was no rage or anything. He was like a robot just stabbing the guy, which oh, terrifying. Yeah, that is so scary. And then just like a switch and to be anyone around that and you're on a moving bus and you're like, oh, my fucking God. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Stephen was in shock, but he realized next up would be like his own life and his wife in danger. Mm -hmm. So he started trying to yell to the bus driver they needed to stop. Someone was being stabbed, but he wasn't being heard. So over like the other screaming and everything. So Stephen was trying to run to get to the front of the bus and tell the driver what was happening while also trying to yell to the passengers like, hey, you need to get off this moving bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's moving down a highway. But like. That's probably not the best no. idea to, no. get, to now get off. We're starting a commotion here. Right. Now, after the attack began, the driver did pull over to the side of the road and all the passengers start trying to flee the vehicle on the side of the highway also. In the dark. <laughs> like, right. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, there's a big commotion. People are like almost trampling each other at this point. Mm-hmm. And Stephen noticed that Vince is still back there stabbing the fuck out of Tim Meanwhile, his wife is trapped back there. And then he sees that mother and child that are in the the row even behind what is happening. And he's like, oh, my God, I have to get back to the back of the bus again. Mm -hmm. So Stephen runs to the back of the bus and he's trying to help people. And everyone says they remember the horrific noises of Vince just killing Tim and screams from everywhere on the bus, including Tim screaming out in pain. Yikes. Now, a lot of people say that originally Tim had to have been asleep with his headphones on when the attack began, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. But then people say, well, he didn't have a chance to put up a struggle before being killed because of that. However, Allison, who was sitting directly across from him, said that's not true at all. After like the initial stab and everything and like as he was getting stabbed, Tim started fighting for his life and he was struggling and fighting, trying to get away from Vince And he ended up like jumping over Vince's body and made it to the aisle. But Vince was blocking the aisle with his body. So when Tim like jumped over him, he just landed like curse flat in the aisle. And then Vince like towered over him and continued attacking him. Hmm. So Stephen, the husband, told CBC News, Tim actually tried to get away. He jumped over Mr. Lee and was at one point fighting back. Like even he said he saw it. So when I said that Tim jumped over Vince, he made it halfway to the aisle. He fell down and then he laid there while Vince repeatedly started stabbing and attacking him more. And Stephen said at this point, Vince had probably stabbed Tim well over 50 times, like including the throat, chest and like face area and stuff. So he's just like sitting there like 
That's just crazy to me. Yeah. And he's like freaking out. He's like, how the fuck do I get all these other people off the bus that are back here? So Stephen then had to make the choice and realize even if Tim is alive right now, I can't save him. He, in a sense, he has to die for everyone else to live. He had to make Mm -hmm. that decision, which is so hard. And I cannot imagine how this man feels every day of his life thinking that he's that, um, that like victim mentality or the blame mentality, you know, where it's like, I lived, I shouldn't have lived type thing and stuff. Yeah. So as Steven was making this option of like making this choice option, he said he started to rescue the other passengers. So while Vince was sitting there attacking Tim, Steven started having other people behind him and near him crawl over their seats just to make it past the attack to get into the aisle to run off the bus. Jeez. Including children. Like right. they were literal children doing this. Yes. Then a truck driver pulled over because he saw the Greyhound bus on the side of the road and he stopped because he wanted to see if they need assistance. So he noticed when he was stopping that multiple passengers on the bus were running away from it in terror, like crying. And people were getting sick on the side of the road. There was a lot of crying, like people were freaking out. So he's like, okay, something's wrong. Right. Then the truck driver heard one of the passengers yell to him and he said it like engraved in his mind that someone was on the bus being stabbed to death. So he grabbed a metal crowbar type, like metal pipe type thing from his truck. And he decided he was just going to go and stop the situation. All right. Yeah. Go you. Go truck driver. Yeah. So the truck driver and two of the other men decided they were going to rescue Tim on the bus. Like we all kind of. I mean, it's one dude, right? Yeah. You know, and they kind of knew at this point it might not be a survival mission, but they were like, we're going to try. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So they started to make their way onto the bus and they said Vince was next to Tim's body and his eyes just looked entirely empty, but he was like leaned over doing something. And when they realized what he was doing, he was slowly beheading Tim from his body, just slicing through it. Now the men realized they couldn't help the situation because every time they tried to get a little bit closer, Vince started coming at them with the knife, slashing at them. And during this time, he had the knife in one hand and Tim's head in the other hand and like Tim's body was on the other side of the bus at this point. Ugh. Completely two separate things now. Decapitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the men ran off the bus and they started to barricade the doors because they decided now they're going to keep Vince on the bus. That's safer. No, I would have I would have I would have done the opposite, <laughs> but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so they figured that was like a little bit of safety until, you know, the police could get there. So they decided that would be security to the remaining passengers who are now all huddled on the side of the highway and fear freaking out and like crying and throwing up and everything. Right. While this was happening, Vince was walking up and down the aisles of the bus, like showing the passengers in the window, Tim's head in his hands. Lovely. And he was like showcasing it like a prize and like, like, like a fish, like like men do in Tinder profiles. (laughs) Tinder profiles. I mean, that sounds so fucked, but that's, that's what he was doing. I mean, it's true. Yeah. So he was like super proud showing everyone on the bus just what he had done. Now that Garnett person that I talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. he had another quote. He said, I got sick after seeing the head thing. Some people were puking. Some were crying. Some were shocked. The attacker just looked at us and dropped the head on the ground. Totally calm. All right. It didn't end there, though. No, of course not. Of course not. So then Vince began severing off other parts of Tim's body. 
and started consuming some of Tim's flesh. Sounds delicious. Vince attempted to escape then by driving the bus away, but before exiting the bus, the driver did engage the emergency immobilizer system, so it rendered the vehicle inoperable and he couldn't get away. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no! <laughs> it just drives away, away. Greyhound, <laughs> right? Also, I feel like a Greyhound would be hard to drive. I couldn't do it. I don't know. I can barely parallel park with the the, like... Ford F-250 or whatever it is I have to drive. Nah, can't do more. Now, at 8.30 p.m., the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, also known as the RCMP, was in Portledge La Prairie, and they received a report of a stabbing on a Greyhound bus. It's, it's a little bit worse than a stabbing at this point, but yes. Yeah, I feel like it's a murder. and Severe murder. Yeah. Cannibalistic murder. But yeah, okay. Yeah. So they arrived on scene and they found the suspect still on board of the bus, but was being prevented by escaping because there was other passengers like the bus driver, the truck driver and all those people who had jammed the door shut with a crowbar and like a hammer. So the other passengers were huddled on the roadside, crying and vomiting again, being reported by the police this time. And the Royal Canadian Mounted Police received a lot of criticism for how they handled the case because they didn't necessarily do it very well. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they got there, they didn't do anything. I I literally mean, like, when I say they did nothing, I mean, they did nothing. Okay. (laughs) They watched events to see what he would do next for hours. For hours, they just let this man do this. So the police kept the bus barricaded and was referring to Vince as the badger, through police communications on the radios. So Did they think that he had more like planned, maybe? I don't know. I still to this day, this baffles me a little bit what didn't transpire. Like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Now they said that there was a police tape that got leaked on the internet, and here's what they say about it. Okay, so the police are talking to other police over the radio and it gets recorded and this gets broadcast illegally supposedly and it wasn't supposed to ever be heard by civilians all right here's what it says in the tape of radio transmissions a royal canadian mounted police officer refers to the attacker as badger and says he is armed with a knife and scissors and is defiling the body at the front of the bus as we speak the tape lasts about 80 seconds while officers continue to detail the attacker's movements until one reports badgers at the back of the bus hacking off pieces and eating it the RCPM, the RCMP described the tapes as operational police communications and as such are not meant for public consumption. Police said permissions had not been given for the radio transmission, which was posted on liveleak.com and picked up by other websites. Yeah, you're pretty much screwed at that point. Like yeah. that video is out there everywhere at all times, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you guys probably should have done something. Well, supposedly, they say by 9 p.m., they began to engage in a standoff with Vince, but the standoff is going to be pathetic. Just wait. They said they had (laughs) special negotiators and a heavily armed tactical unit similar to SWAT in attempt to de-escalate the situation. They said they were trying to talk to Vince while he paced the bus back and forth while still attacking Tim's now deceased body for over... 
four hours. Okay. For four hours, they watched as he just paced the bus and attacked the body. And they were just giving a commentary of what he was doing without engaging in any attempts to stop the situation or end it. And when I mean like they were literally like watching him eat pieces of his flesh and they're like, okay, he's now eating the victim. Okay. Okay. Now, now he stopped eating. Okay. He's cutting out the eyes. He is cutting out the victim's eyes. I'm sorry. Can you not like a play by play? Can you not do anything? Like, and people are still outside just like cold, huddling, freaking out. Yeah. The truck driver that stopped kept telling the police they need to shoot Vince to stop him. And he was super frustrated that they weren't doing anything to stop the situation. He's like, at this point, clearly that man's a danger to us in society. Like, do something. Right. Do something. Right. On July 31st, 2008, at 1.30 a.m., Vince attempted to escape the bus by breaking through a window. So at this point, police were like, oh, we'll we'll capture and detain him now. Oh, OK. Th- good. Thanks. But if he wouldn't have done that, we would have still been waiting. <laughs> like, so confused. Right. Like, to now, <laughs> to now, today, right now, if he was still on the bus in Manitoba. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. Can I, can I have another victim? I'm a little hungry. Right. Um, he was shot with a taser twice. He was then handcuffed and placed in the back, back of a police car. When authorities and forensics were finally able to board the Greyhound bus and see the extent of the damage, they said they were in like total shock because of how gory it was. Well, no kidding. They said Tim's body was in multiple pieces scattered throughout the entire bus. Now, originally, Tim's body was unable to be identified for 24 hours after the attack because of how destroyed it was. And they obviously didn't have like a record at the time of everyone that was on the Greyhound. Mm -hmm. So they didn't even know who it was. They were just like, here's a bunch of body parts of a person that we don't even know who it is. Mm -hmm. Now, authorities had found later Tim's ear, nose and tongue inside Vince's pockets. Lovely. And Tim's eyes and a portion of his heart went missing and were never seen. And that's what they believed that Vince ate. So were the ear, nose and tongue just, you know, snacks for later? Honestly, I feel like it. That's so disgusting. But yeah. Yeah. Now, was that? Well, because like those are main those are main things, right? And they're you hear with your. That sounds gross, but those are easy to eat. Like, you can't just, like, mow down on an arm, but you could toss a tongue back. Yeah. I just wondered if it was, like, more of, like, a message. Like, because, you know, you could, you can hear with ears, you can smell with, you you know what I mean? You never know, yeah. Yeah. Now, Tim's mother, Carol. um, Carol heard about the attack via the news the day after it happened, and she was watching the news report She didn't even know this news report was about her own son. Oh, my. So Carol thought. Yeah. Carol didn't even know that Tim was on that bus because she thought that he had taken a bus earlier, like a few days earlier and stayed with his father. So she had no idea that the man in the news story even could have been Tim, like zero idea. So it was like a Thursday, I want to say, and she had plans that she did every week where she goes and makes dinner for the local retirement center. And that day when she went to the retirement center, someone did put on the news and they were all like, oh, we should have a uh, a prayer for the family of whoever that man is on the Greyhound bus, because that's that's really sad. And Carol and everyone prayed for the victim's family. 
Ugh. Again, not knowing it's her own family. Ugh. Now, how Carol did find out was Tim McLean Sr. called her that night, later, like, closer to 7.30 at night, and told her that the news story is about her son. And Carol was convinced that Tim Sr. was wrong. Like, she was like, no, 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 it's not him. It's, it can't be him. It can't be him. It's not him. You're wrong. It can't. It, you're wrong. Like, mm-hmm. she was so distraught. Right. But he, well, he was in denial. Yeah. Now, how Tim Sr. found out was also really sad. So he did know that his son was coming home on a bus. And he decided to go out and get Tim's favorite food for dinner. And they were going to have dinner that night. And, like... I want to say it was like a bucket of KFC or something. Like something really stupid. Yeah, just like really yeah. like. So he goes and he picks it up and he's like returning home. And when he gets back to his house, he sees a bunch of Tim's friends just hanging out. And he's like, oh, my God, you guys all came to visit. That's so nice. And they were like, hey. Have you seen the news? And he's like, no, what's wrong? And the news wasn't on anymore. So they were like, we got to show you something on the computer. So they go over to the computer and they pull it up on the Internet and they show Tim Sr. the news article and told him that his son was killed and eaten on the bus. Well, how did they know? Because they had seen the news articles and stuff already. Like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So at this point, Vince is going to go to trial, right? Vince Lee is now a murderer. Clearly. Yes. Everyone saw. There's, <laughs> there's no, no way. No, there's no way. I didn't do it, guys. Okay, I didn't do it. So you would assume he goes to prison, right? That's what you're hoping? Oh, my God. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously, Thena? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to upset you a lot tonight. Okay, I'm ready. So Vince's trial commenced on March 3rd, 2009. And Vince pleaded not criminally responsible on account of having a mental disorder. Yeah, you think? <laughs> so, <laughs> so Vince accepted the offense of the murder occurred, but claimed that he was unable to form the necessary mental element or mens rea to understand how he necessarily did the act so he can't be held responsible for it. Well, I mean. (laughs) So psychiatrist Stanley uh, Yaron, who later was going to be the person that examined Vince, said that he did notice that uh, Vince was hospitalized in either like 2004 or 2003-ish on a separate incident that happened with the Ontario Provisional Police. So that was just like a little thing. And then there was this thing where he supposedly had schizophrenia and he only took meds while he was being diagnosed which was a few week time period and then he stopped so keeping all that in mind because that's what you're supposed to do oh yeah that's great for Mm -hmm. your mental health Mm -hmm. now during the trial the psychiatrist said that vince attacked due to the fact that he said he was hearing voices that he believed were from god of course (laughs) And he said that the voices were telling him to destroy the demon sitting behind or beside him, which was Tim. Tim was this demon. And that if he doesn't destroy the demon, Tim, that he would be killed himself. And that's why he attacked. Okay, but killing people and eating people are very different things. But and like we hear a lot about schizophrenia and the voices of a god or a demon quite often with killers. Mm -hmm. And I... It's uh, it's a touchy thing. It really is. Because also, well, it's scary because you can't actually be in someone's head. Correct. And you, a, a true psycho or sociopath could have some part of a mental disorder and then elaborate it to make it much worse sounding. Mm-hmm. 
than it is, which is also scary. Right. So you could pass all the tests of being like, yep, you're insane. But you could also be not insane enough or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To not actually that insane, but you could like play the part and, you know, get off on a slide because like we you think you can. Yeah, we we we've we've got I'm stumbling because I'm anxious now. <laughs> we've talked about it on here. If I so I when I don't take my meds because I'm schizophrenic, I hear voices. That's true. That's that's a thing. But I don't have these gods and demons telling me what I should and shouldn't do. And actually, my voices aren't even that aggressive, I wouldn't say. I don't think anyone, anything's ever told me what to do. It's more just I can't get them to shut the fuck up. It's like I'm constantly standing in a frat house that just won't shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. And if I went out tomorrow and I murdered someone, I could instead play that card. I could say, you know, it was these voices. It was this. It was this. And potentially almost get off, depending on how severe my crime is. Something, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I technically am crazy. I'm using the blanket term there. Yeah, it's like a cop out. Yeah. But in all actuality, I'm not that crazy. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I know right from wrong. I knew what I was doing. Maybe I was just pissed at this bitch for cutting in front of me in front of a Harry Styles concert. So I killed her. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can easily sway something if you're that much of a sociopath. Yeah. So that's that's what happens. And it works out for him. It works out for Vince Lee. The trial was presided over by Judge John Scurfield, who accepted the diagnosis that was laid out by the psychiatrist and ruled that Vince was not criminally responsible for the killing. He did not mean to kill Tim McLean. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So on March 5th, 2009, Vince was found not criminally responsible for murder and instead sent to a high security mental health facility in Skelkirk, Manitoba, called the Skelkirk Mental Health Center. Oh, I mean, still have to be there. So, yeah, go on. (laughs) So remember when I put a pen in it earlier and I said that Vince had been weird with the first bus transfer and that he stayed on the bench. Yes. So that plays into the mental health. Let's talk about it. So Vince gets on the first bus to Manitoba. No, I'm sorry, to Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Then he gets off and something weird happens. So there were some witnesses. One eyewitness said Vince was seen around 3 a.m. So he had been there already all night and he was sitting like straight up, like frigid almost with eyes wide open. Okay. Lack of sleep, lack of, it looked like hydration, food, everything. They said that he looked terrifying almost. Yeah. And they were like, it was super odd and it was super out of the norm. Something was wrong already. Well, then that morning, the morning of July 30th, hours before he ended up boarding the bus with the the same bus that Tim was on. So while still sitting at the bench, Vince sold his brand new laptop. Remember, he had those three bags. Well, he pulls out in one of the bags a laptop. There's this kid named Darren Beatty who was 15 years old. He was pumping gas while working at that little gas station thing across the street. And he saw Vince sitting there and he saw Vince pull out the laptop out of the one of the bags, put a sign on it, said for sale, $600. Darren's like, OK, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm planning on asking this dude and I'm going to try and see like how much he really wants for it and stuff like that, what he's selling it for. But as he's creating this little plan in his head. Vince is like, hey, do you want my laptop? Hmm. And Darren's like, well, I don't I don't have six hundred dollars, dude. And Vince is like, okay, how much cash do you have on you at this moment? And he's like, 
I have $60. And Vince is like, okay, sold. That's weird. Okay. And you got to remember, Vince went to school for computer engineering and stuff and like all this stuff. Getting rid of his laptop is probably not his first. He's not a stupid guy. And that's like a thing when you're going to kill yourself sometimes is like you get rid of your possessions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you are wondering if maybe there's something. Some inkling. Yes. Inkling here. Inkling. I, I knew what you meant. Yeah. So after the Greyhound event happened, Darren realized that he was the guy that bought Vince's laptop. And so he went to the RCMP and to the police station and turned it in. And the laptop Mm -hmm. was seized by them as evidence. And this was just one of the oddest parts of this that like led up to them thinking that maybe Vince wasn't in the most sound mind during the attack. Uh, By the way, Darren ended up getting a brand new laptop bought for him by someone after this. So, go Darren. Thanks, thanks, man. Now, the following week after the attack, Greyhound Canada announced that it was going to pull its series of nationwide advertisements because they had a slogan that said, there's a reason you've never heard of bus rage. (laughs) Too soon? (laughs) (laughs) So... The incident led to a ton of calls and petitions because they were like, okay, clearly like you guys didn't take things seriously and that's why this happened. So we need Mm -hmm. better security on buses. Well, he shouldn't have been able to get on the bus with the knife. Yes. In the first place. Yeah. If you, if you can't get onto any other, any other planes or anything like that, you shouldn't be able to get onto, you can't get onto planes, trains. Why can't you get on bus? Okay. Yeah. The family of Tim then began began a $150,000 lawsuit against Greyhound, the Attorney General of Canada, and against Vince Lee. Now, I'm not a big person for Wikipedia. I don't I don't trust it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I spit on it. However. I spit on it. However. However. It is the best summary of the events that have transpired past this. Um, And it does have links to each one of these. So from here, December 21st, 2008, that I'm going to talk about to the end, February 2017. I am technically using Wikipedia and I am outing myself as it doing it. Um, 90% of this I could find through other sources. So I do trust it that's scary to say Mm -hmm. i will never say that again but um but it's the most chronological and put together timeline i can find that also does have as many factual points as i can find so that's fair i'm gonna use it but i'm very forthcoming right now and saying guys for the next three and a half minutes of me talking or however long (laughs) it takes i am wikiing Wikiing. Wikiing. All right, let's go. On December 21st, 2008, five months after Tim's death, his son was born. Aww. He never got to meet his child. On June 3rd, 2010, Vince was granted supervised outdoor walks with his mental health facility, and that was voted for by the Provincial Review Board of Canada. On May 30th, 2011, CBC, which is like the Canadian broadcast network stations, Mm -hmm. they reported that Vince was responding well to his psychiatric treatment and that his doctor had recommended that he receive more freedom that he gets phased in over the next few months. Mm -hmm. On May 17th, (laughs) 
2012, the National Post reported that Vince had been granted temporary passes that would allow him out of the Skelkirk Mental Health Center for visits to town, but he had to be supervised by a nurse or a peace officer. In an interview, Vince spoke for the first time saying that he began hearing those voices from God in 2004 and that he just wanted to save people from an alien attack. And that's why he did it. From an alien attack. So it's no longer demons, it's aliens, brother. Interesting. On February 27th, 2014, the CBC reported that on March 6th, Vince would be allowed to have unsupervised visits to the town of Skelkirk. They would be 30 minutes, but eventually expand to a full day trip. Wait, I'm confused. Huh? He would be allowed to have unsupervised visits to Selkirk? The town. Oh, okay, got it. Because he's in the Skullkirk Mental Health Health Center, but the town is like, you know, like like 10 minutes away. Is it Skullkirk or Selkirk? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've done it of, both. I've interchanged it the whole time. <laughs> I just think of, um, holy shit. What's the other one? Not Star Wars, but Kirk. Star Trek? Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's been it's been a Kirk Cameron? Yeah, like Kirk. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm thinking of whenever that name is said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on <laughs> sorry. On July 17th, 2014, the Toronto Sun reported that one of the first officers that was on the scene of the Greyhound bus incident, Corporal Ken Barker of the RCMP, he ended up committing suicide. Yeah, I was wondering that, like, the if they weren't doing anything, I wondered if they worried for, like, their own mental health. Like, they were, like, scared. This is, yeah, sense. like, this is scary. Maybe they weren't properly trained as well because they hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah. So the family of the corporal stated that in his obituary, it's because he suffered from severe PTSD and post-traumatic stress disorder after the Greyhound incident. On yeah, I could see that. I could see that. For sure. On February 27th, 2015, CBC News reported that Vince was given unsupervised day passes to visit Winnipeg, which is where he was attempting to go, remember? Uh-huh. But he can only do it if he carries a functioning cell phone. Because, you know, they need to get a hold of him to remind him to come back at the end of the day. Okay. On May 8th, 2015... CTV News reported that Vince would be granted passes to go to group homes in the community and to be considered released from his programs from the Selkirk Mental Health Center. Mm-hmm. On February 2016, it was reported that Vince had legally changed his name to Will Lee Baker and he was going to leave his group home to live independently. He won the right to live alone on February 26th upon the recommendation of the Criminal Code of Review Board. And then on February 10th, 2017, the Manitoba Criminal Code Review Board ordered Vince to be granted an official and absolute discharge. So Vince will now officially have no legal obligations, no law restrictions pertaining to his independent living, whether in or out of Canada. And he is legally allowed to change his name now to the Willie Barker or anything. And his criminal charge record is entirely dropped. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I just, I don't even know where to begin. So basically, he got away with horrific things he did to this person. And I just want to see, like, the reports, I guess. Like, 
what do they think justifies that in any sense of the word? Yeah. Like I want to I want to see the I want to see his uh chart. <laughs> I just think that's that's insane. It's just such a disrespect to Tim's family. Yeah. Tim's whole family did not get any sort of like it, it, anything Justice. even even if they did win the money. That's nothing. They got nothing. Yeah, money doesn't matter when something like that happens to your child. And the fact that they had to hear about it and know that this man like is out and safe and everything and this man gets to live his life and everything. Meanwhile, like he ate their child. Like that's so fucked. And then all these other people had all of this shit wrong, too. There was like these other two people on the bus where like they filed a lawsuit against Vince for like, oh, my God, a lot of money. And then after like years of it pretty much not going anywhere, they just ended up dropping it because they were just like, okay, like whatever. Well, cause he's in a facility. Like it's mean, just, you don't go against Vince. You go against Greyhound or, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess we do talk about how we think, or if we think in the situation a like murderer or killer can become or can can effectively and positively rejoin society and i think some cases yeah but this was so horrific and it was so clearly that there was things wrong like i think this is a very strong case for mental health Mm -hmm. but at the same time i i don't I don't know if afterwards he was mentally sound enough to come back from it. If he wouldn't have done this crime and he went and got mental health help, maybe. But after he did it, like, I, 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 uh, well, I I just don't think it should have been granted. Yeah. Even if you are completely sane, perfectly fine, safe, you know, a safe person to be around. Canada has too much faith. They let moose run free and (laughs) killers also. Moose in. Come on. Get it right. Meese. I don't remember that episode, but it's in the archives somewhere. If you find it, we'll give you a free sticker. Fact. Fact. You can pick which one even. (laughs) Yes. So. So on the note of mental health, uh, something happened around us recently. And we found out that it was, in fact, a message about mental health. Um, One of our local middle schools, uh, someone that worked there, uh, offed himself in the parking lot while school was still going on. (laughs) And um, we were like, oh, like what? Like, how how could you you couldn't off yourself when you got home? Like, there are so many children there. Like, how is that justifiable at all? And it turns out that it was definitely a message towards like the school board and um, about mental health. Like, I guess the school didn't or does not. There's just like a lot of flack about it. They do not support mental health or special needs or things like that and it's just like if you feel like you need help you probably need help and you need to go reach out to something someone just do it don't be 
suffering in silence. Yeah. It's not good for anyone, especially no. your own mental health. It uh, avalanches. It's also scary. Like, I am someone that doesn't really want children, like, at all. But if I did, I would be, like, genuinely scared to have a child and put them in that position or could possibly put them in that position. Like, there's no, there's no way to assure that my child going to a school with a bunch of other children and adults that are supposed to keep them safe are actually going to be safe. It's, yeah, it's, it, there's been, we're what, 90 days into the year and there's been 130 shootings so far? Yeah, I don't remember. like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. And like over half of those are school shootings? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. I was reading that earlier today and I was just like, I gotta fucking turn off the news between writing this episode and like reading and listening to the news. I was like, nah, my mental health said no thank you. Mm -hmm. So I I stopped both and I read a book. Surprising, I know. (laughs) Right. I've actually read. Oh, I've read five books in eight days. Oh, my God. (laughs) In eight days. (laughs) I didn't go to work for two days. Oh, so still, that's a lot. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So there's that. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Well, whale, whale, whale. So I did have a lot of new, uh, I, I had a lot of, okay, I did use a lot of sources for bits and pieces and chunks and chunks. And then like, I had to kind of like piece together parts. And then I did that section on wiki that I told you about. So I'm, I'm not going to source wiki right now. Cause I told you guys when I did, but it was a lot of news articles and like having to decipher what came from where and like all that kind of stuff. So I used the CBC Canada News, the CTV Canada, the Winnipeg Sun, the Canadian Press, and the National Post all to put together this entire outline. It was a lot. It was a lot of news articles because each one of those I had to read like five news articles. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I'm saying it so like distraught is because like when you read a book, you like you get it and they don't repeat the same thing. So I had to keep yeah, hearing like from start to finish and then you're good. But yeah. this one you had to like, I had to keep hearing the most horrific things repetitively. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I need to stop. Yeah. Stop right now. I need to look at a picture of Harry Styles and de-stress. <laughs> oh, yes. My religion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's who you guys yeah. asked for a, crazy one there you go it is a crazy one though it's it's outside of the norm of like well people said the the johnny lewis one was pretty crazy they were like jesus christ you know where the fuck are you pulling these ones out of and i was like <laughs> right oh just wait kids just wait my <laughs> just kids wait my children yeah i think uh oh next week's one as long as i don't change it uh it's a place it's a person. It's a thing. Well, it's a murder. It's a suicide. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a play. <laughs> it's um. It's a really intense one that at first people, when they first heard the case, thought was cannibalism, and it wasn't. I don't know why I'm all of a sudden on cannibalism strike, but um, but it is a really sad one for a lot of reasons because it has to do with mental health a lot jesus thena three in a fucking <laughs> row this is what you get for like writing everything before you know planning like, them out yeah. yeah you're actually like writing like you could have written this like two months ago yeah but you know well that's and 
That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> for being on point and not procrastinating. So the crazy thing about this next one is it took place after a natural disaster happened in the world mm. that affected a lot of people. And it had to do with a lot more death than just the episode itself. And um, I'm I'm not like giving it away just yet. You guys got to wait unless you guys already like have picked up the hints. If so, cool. Good job. You know your shit. Welcome. <laughs> um, but this case, I have seen the place where it took place. Like I've seen the the house type thing, if you will. Mm -hmm. But also the place where the natural disaster was. I was there a few um, only like a month or two after. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the things that I think is a core memory that shaped me who I am today because, um, I saw some things that I will never be able to unsee, mm -hmm. including, so the, the, the thing that we're talking about is Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend that lived where it hit and we got to go and stay with them and help them rebuild their lives and everything really close to when it happened and um when i say really close i mean the the streets were still flooded you still had to walk around and like flip-flops and stuff and you had to wash up as soon as you went inside because the water was filled with dead bodies like we would be walking down the street to go pick up toilet paper and a dead body would float and hit our legs um hmm. and it was a core like part I think that shaped who I was because it made me see a whole different side of humanity for the better and the worse really um and this case takes place during in and around that and it's weird because this is the other side of that like I saw the rebuilding humanity side and this case is the like we don't believe in humanity anymore no one's saving us side so it's very um, unusual. And if that doesn't give you a hint what case it is, then go read it. Then you true live crime under book. a rock like me. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Kylie, do you have any guesses? No. Okay. Um, okay. So. Yeah, I have no idea. Thanks, guys, for coming and hanging out. Well, it's so weird because, like, you're like, do you have any idea? I'm like, no. Like, literally not. But then, like, how did I not have any idea of this? Like this was happening like when I was like senior and you know like well, married and all that crap. But it's just like how did I not like I was on Facebook, like I was on YouTube, I was on social media. Like how do I not know these things happen? Like, yeah, sometimes I feel like I just don't when we do common ones, I, I'm shocked sometimes that you don't know things. Yeah. Like, how do I? <laughs> like when we were talking about the Smallville <laughs> thing the other day and I was like, blah, 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 because the Smallville and the Nexium cult. And you're like, hmm. And I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I know. That's got okay. nothing. But I'm on social media. <laughs> like, how is this a thing? That's okay. Someone the other day thought when I was, I, don't ask me how it came up in casual conversation, but Jim Jones was a casual conversation that of we were having. Of course it was. <laughs> Because they had said something about cults and I was saying like I was trying to expand the conversation as to like how big of a cult because like I didn't know if they were talking about like a real cult or like in a TV show. I couldn't understand the conversation we were having. And so I was like, are we talking like Jim Jones cult or are we talking like um, Ashnin Rikio cult? Like what are are we talking like 
Rue Row or whatever that like one is. And I was like trying to say different ones. And then they were like, Jim Jones, that's a ridiculous name. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he was a ridiculous person. They're like, obviously, if he had a cult. And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, especially with a monkey. And he's like, a cult with a monkey. And this person kept like making jokes. And then I realized they thought I made Jim Jones up and they thought that I was like joking around. What? And I was like, no, like, you know, the whole like people make the joke, even though it's incorrect, the whole like drink the Kool-Aid. It wasn't Kool-Aid. It was flavor aid. And I was like, you know, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's like a family guy joke and stuff. And I was like, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) That's the whole point of family. (laughs) And I was like, no, Jim Jones was a A cult leader, a real person. And they were like, what? And they like Googled him. They were like, oh, my God, that's terrifying. It was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Did you not know that? And they were like, I thought it was like a thing for TV. I did not know Jim Jones was real. And I was like, whoa. Whoa, this must be what it's like to be Kylie. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So like I. okay, this is this is the end of this episode for sure. But um, I started playing Cult of the Lamb because it it was on sale on Steam for their like spring sale or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's still not on sale on Nintendo, of course. So I can't play it on my Switch, but I do play it on my PC. And I'm just like, I am so sheltered i don't know what some of these things mean (laughs) i'm like reading it and i'm like i'm just gonna choose this one it's fine it's fine it's fine (laughs) but i love it because it's like almost a cozy game yeah but then it's also a fighting game and you you do have to go fight in order to survive with your coziness but like once you get enough to stay in the coziness of it. It's so much fun. Well, and I mean, my cult really, really vicious where like cannibalism is a good trait that makes everyone in the the town happy uh-huh. or like eating poop makes everyone happy. And yeah. especially when like they die from it or like I made them like happy when I sacrifice people to the Dark Lord and stuff like that. And all I was- of my <sighs> cult people want to want yeah. me to make poop for them. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Or like I love like pining them against each other yeah i made my cult really really dark <laughs> of course um, you did yeah what I made were your really colors really um i don't know i don't remember yeah. i i played it when it very first came out and i yeah. beat it in a week and it was great and then i played it one more time and i beat it again in a week and i was like okay time to take a break i yeah, i don't need I've, to be on the dark side forever i don't normally i mean i get addicted to video games obviously like i'm like oh i just want to like play my game but I'll be like, okay, no, it's 11 o'clock. Like I need to go to bed or like it's midnight. I need to go to bed. No, I stayed up for a very long time playing Cult of the Lamb. I was just like, I haven't done that in a really long time. So I haven't played a video game since I moved out, I think. Wow. No, I played Minecraft like three times. That's it. But that's it. Other than that, I have not played a video game since I moved out. I've spent every minute of my free time reading. Reading everything reading anything and everything i'm a reader i read i'm a or reader. go to the gym it's disgusting it is that is kind of like what when, you have your shit together now yeah i went down <laughs> a pant size pretty cool i don't know what to do i can also pick my girlfriend do. up and carry her around the house nowadays like <laughs> like legitimately like pick her up from scratch from the ground and just from like scratch. fucking throw her over me <laughs> remember that whole hockey thing at the beginning <laughs> yeah i'm turning into a little 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 beef boy just wait guys 
one of these days I'm going to be a little beefcake. You're going to go on one of those, one of those shows or one of those, uh, competitions. Corey said that as long as I don't become a like TikTok workout person, that he's fine with how much I work out. But once I become one of those, he's like, you're getting a little too much. And I was like, okay, the line is drawn. I can only talk about <laughs> One Direction and Harry Styles continuously on the internet and being smacked around by hockey players. But if I start talking about the gym and pre-workout, ugh, people don't want to be a friend. Okay, cool. Got it. Got the line. <laughs> the line is drawn. We're good to go. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and listening and being a part of this because you guys help make this podcast what it is and you are all part of the CSP family. Biggest thanks to Corey with Corey.media.photography, who every single week um, does it all. Like he does it all. He edits. <laughs> he I had to think of like what all because he he does it all. He really does. He edits. He helps us um, put together everything and just Overall, he is a big part of the team. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join us on the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam. All of our links can also be found at crypticsouppod.com. Any kind of Apple podcast review rating, Spotify rating, any of that kind of stuff is awesome. It helps us get our name out there and it just helps us figure out what we're doing right and wrong. So remember, guys, to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us and remember to join the conversation. We're going to see you guys next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. Poutines from Canada? Yep. I why didn't I know that? I thought it was like Irish, maybe? I guess I don't know what I thought it was, but I didn't think it was Canadian. Oh, it's Canadian. Oh, it's Canadian. Canadian, eh? <laughs>